Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to Jason Luck and Fora in just a bit. But first, those were the dulcet tones of Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. As, Joe, it looks like Tennessee is pretty much out of uh, any hope in terms of uh, winning the AFC South. But the Jaguars certainly made a statement on Sunday. The Texans may be more of a muted statement, but they still got the win against Kyler Murray. So how do you kind of handicap this division right now? Yeah, now when I hear Mike Vrabel speak, I'm wondering if he's going to be the next coach of the New England Patriots, if something has worked out mm. there. I'm sure uh, Patriots fans would be very happy, and maybe Vrabel wants to get out of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee now 0-6 on the road after that one. Great bounce-back performance. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked good, and we saw it with the legs, too. Four total touchdowns. There was a Calvin Ridley sighting, guys. Gotten to the end He's alive? Twice. Oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. I mean, come on. Um, don't be fooled by the box score. This was 27 to nothing. And what I mean by that is some people like bow down to yards per play. Yeah, Titans, 6.2 yards per play. It doesn't mean they had a good game offensively because they did. It was all garbage time stuff. So uh, that can fool you a little bit. They shut down Henry. Derrick Henry, 10 rushes for only 38 yards against a team that he typically (laughs) dominates. So, yeah, I mean, the Jaguars were very good in the red zone, almost had 400 total yards. You know, the Titans with Levis, I think this is what we should expect right now. I mean, right around a little, maybe above 200 total yards. Uh, That's where I'm at with the Titans, especially on the road. They have really struggled. They're arguably the worst team in the NFL on the road. Uh, on the Jag side, maybe I was just a week too soon on Trevor Lawrence. I feel like I've said this a few times this season. Like, are the Jags finally going to get things going? Like, I feel like this has happened. It's deja vu. I keep thinking the Jags are going to go on a run. And then they did what they did last week to the Niners, 34-3. to It completely don't show up. And then they're back again. It's just really hard to figure out this Jags team probably somewhere in the middle but at the end of the day I still hope the Texans win that division because I did place that bet so maybe they will be inconsistent this Jags team probably so and it's definitely one of those things where like okay the Jaguars may not look great they may still win the division maybe they look not so good compared with the Texans but given the record and the circumstances they're playing maybe it's just enough and it's not quality it's quantity i guess uh anyway joining us now odyssey nfl insider jason lock and host of the odyssey original podcast in the huddle with brian baldinger and carl dukes covering the entire nfl jason thank you so much for joining us so let me ask you about uh handicapping the afc south jaguars made a huge statement the texans still got the win do you think this is jacksonville's division title to lose or do you feel like the Texans are still threatening Look, Jacksonville has left a little something to be desired for me. Um, that offense hasn't exactly taken off, and, and yesterday was what it was, right? And that, through the prism of their 2023 season, looks like an anomaly. Now they can prove it to be other than that by continuing to get in the end zone with more regularity and not settle for as many field goals and, um, you know, get the passing game revved up to where you feel like multiple people are winning for them. Um downfield but that just hasn't been the reality this year and you know part of me also wonders if that you know that Tennessee team and and the defense in particular just kind of reached their bowling point you know and it's like the season's over and the coach probably wants to be in New England next year 
you know, and the owner's probably more interested in getting her new stadium than she is winning football games right now. And this is three straight on the road. And, boy, are we a hopeless, feckless bunch when it comes to playing football away from Nashville. You know, even our fake home games in London are a disaster. So, you know, I I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it may have also been a Tennessee team just kind of waving the white flag and saying, you know, Levis is is very much a project and a work in progress, and we've let a lot of our good players go. And you know, I, I don't know. It felt like chickens kind of coming home to roost. So I, you know, and and look, Houston to find ways to win, even when the quarterback has moments, multiple moments, where he looks like a rookie, and that's that's going to happen. That happens to every rookie quarterback, but. You know, we, we can win in different ways. He doesn't need to throw five touchdowns every week for us to win. You know, it doesn't have to be Dan Marino's rookie season every week for us to win. I, I, I think there's, you know, th- there's a lot to be gained from that as well. But I also think Arizona is a very flawed team that for some reason people were trying to tell me all, all last week, you know, how great Kyler Murray is. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I isn't this the same guy who got everybody fired there, you know, and, like, wanted to play video games more than he wanted to look at his playbook? Like, all that happened, right? Like, now he's the savior. Okay. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting football game. What, what I, what I want to see is if the Houston Texans have now shown us two weeks in a row that they can run the football, which is a big development, and they can get under center, and they can run it old school, and that makes it easier to even, you know, to sell play action even more, obviously, when the quarterback isn't just in the pistol or in the shotgun all the time, which is what most of the league is doing. So, like, if this is now two weeks in a row. Like, if, that, if, if there is something to that, then I'd buy them even more. And they don't give up passing touchdowns. They didn't do it last year even when they weren't a very good defense. They certainly don't do it now with D'Amico Ryans there. Um I think, you know, I think this is a toss-up game. I, I don't have a strong initial lean on it, but uh, I, I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to steamroll Houston. I'll put it that way. I, I don't think they're going to do to them anything close to what they did to Tennessee. Jason, I didn't hear anybody that, that gave the Raiders a chance not to win. I'm just saying to cover the two touchdowns. Cover. I didn't hear one person say, give me the Raiders plus the points. They end up hanging around in that game. So uh, Miami off the bye. People accept them, expect them to steamroll. They don't after the loss to Kansas City uh, in, in the international game. Is it time to be worried about Miami? Well, not if this is how they play defense. And, again, this is, you know, a rookie quarterback on the road on a day when he throws three picks. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey's making highlight real plays. And, um you know, Jacobs never really got going the way I thought he might there. Like, I certainly saw some scripts where, where the Raiders hung around in this thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't think that they would get trucked from the opening snap. Um, you know, Miami's run game and, and the health of, of all those parties, you know, is obviously going to be a key talking point moving forward. And now they've got a short week against the Jets defense. That will probably make life pretty tough on them, at least for three quarters. And then that group might ultimately sort of bow and buckle, right, the way they have if you show that enough stick with it in the run game. And, and maybe that thing loosens up in the fourth quarter and Miami pulls away. But I think this, this to me, feels 
um, upcoming, like an under game. And I think if you if you look at Miami, and this is sound crazy to say this because they played a ninety point game, you know, six weeks ago. I think they're becoming an under team, and and I think when they play better teams, uh, they they have to I think be led by their defense right about now. And and you know maybe maybe some things are congealing there. And Vic Fangio's message is getting through a little better, and they're certainly healthier. They're healthier on the back end. They're healthier from a pass rush standpoint. So I I, I just think like they're not you know they weren't going to have 520 yards every home game this year. They weren't going to score 44 points on everybody they played at home. Um, can they can can Tua manage games and then win? You know, can they they win the kind of game they lost in Germany? Right? Can can that sort of can they win? 2023, 24, 21, maybe, you know, maybe, but I don't, obviously, I I, I don't think they're hanging 40 on everybody every week. I I, I think that's over. Mm. Brock Purdy had a three-touchdown performance as they took care of the Bucks, and then the Rams had that comeback win to beat the Seahawks, so the Niners and the uh, Seahawks, rather, they face off on Thanksgiving. Curious your thoughts, just how you rate Brock Purdy. I know it's sort of a controversial pick to put money on him for MVP, but then he kind of backs it up last week. So where are you at with Brock Purdy and this Niners team? I think it's a hard argument to make for him for MVP, where he's one thing with the Hall of Fame left tackle, and he's another thing without him. I just think that's a tough needle to thread. Um but him at home against blitz-heavy defenses all day long, and Kyle Shanahan's smart enough to know that I'm not going to bang my head against the wall, you know, 30 times with a defense that gives up three yards of carry or whatever. I'm I'm going to um, I, I'm going to feature a whole bunch of different people catching the football, and um, uh, yeah, that I, look I. I I thought they'd score into the 30s. I, I certainly played them, jumped on that 26-and-a-half when it was available as a team total for the 49ers early in the week. Um, so I didn't have to sweat out the 27-and-a-halves, and I think it might have got up to 28 by kickoff. And they probably should have gone over that number, but, you know, it, that's fine. The Tampa had a couple long possession drives there. Uh, but, no, Purdy was throwing for 300 yards in that game, and a bunch of people were going to eat in the passing game. Um that Bucks defense is is not good. And I, I look, Seattle on the road is a little tougher, certainly, and Seattle can rush the quarterback a little bit for sure. But I don't think Seattle's as good as its record. And now a short week, and Kenneth Walker and Geno in doubt. Um, Purdy played there last year. He didn't light up the scoreboard, but he protected the football. He threw a couple touchdowns. He had a super high efficiency rating, um, you know, passer rating. Uh, completion percentage were all really high and I think he'll do that kind of thing again and it, you know as early this morning you can still find it um six and a half I don't know if it's seven everywhere I played it at six and a half last night I, I think San Francisco is more than a touchdown better than them right now as healthy as San Francisco is and as beat up as Seattle is um I, I think you're gonna have a hard time holding that offense under the 27 28 threshold and I don't think I don't think Seattle gets above 16 17 on this defense right now. Um the defense has got its mojo and swagger back in a big way and if it's Drew Locke forget about it. Monday night football Eagles Chiefs KC two and a half point favorite total 45 and a half. What are you playing here? 
You know, I, I like a lot of the props more than I love this game. Um, I would, you know, look, I'll, I'll lean to, and I've made a small wager on Kansas City laying the two and a half because it's Andy Reid at home coming off a bye with all that time to prepare for an opponent um, and, and tweak some things, right, offensively and maybe get that a little more geared up than it's been. I could, I could see this game being like the game the Chiefs just played in Germany. I could also I could also see a, a scenario, excuse me, where if Kansas City does make adjustments early and they come out and score on the first two drives, then and we know the Eagles can quick strike as well. I, I could see this thing, you know, both teams getting around 30. I don't know if it's going to be 35, 38 again. Um, so I don't I I don't love it from a total perspective. Um I, I look, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to run the ball five times or more in this game. I love Hurts to get over his eight and a half um carries. I love an anytime touchdown for Hurts. Um you know, that kind of stuff I'm on. I think Kelsey has a game. Um I think Kelsey has a touchdown. Uh, the Eagles have had their issues defending tight ends for sure. Um, and just any, you know, receivers of all sizes and shapes coming out of the slot. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of where, where I am on it. Um, I, I I don't love it as much as some of the other games on this card, um, but I, I will buy into, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in this kind of situation, finding a way to win by a field goal or more. Certainly the, the Chiefs have the – better defense and I don't even know that it's it's all that close given the Eagles woes defending the pass right now so that ultimately is kind of why I'm leaning the way I am Jason if you could only fire one head coach today is it Rivera Staley or Eberflus man tough one for me None of them should have been coaching their teams at the start of the season. You know, retroactively, I'd have fired them all last year, and that's not even like that's not hyperbole or exaggeration. The Ron, I think it's prop for me of those three right now. It's Ron Rivera because they have a new owner, and because he's been there so long, and because he reeks of the kind of stuff the old owner did, you know, and he's had a good long run there, but. And I'm not saying the enemy's the answer or whatever, but I also don't like the way he handled Rivera some things early in this season. Some of the things he says, the way he casually throws people under the bus, how cavalier and nonchalant he is about, you know, some game management things. I mean, he didn't even know whether or not they qualified for the playoffs. You know, he didn't know when they were eliminated from the playoffs last year. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's a sea change there, right? And enough's enough. And and also, I would get rid of him just because he stuck with Del Rio like this, which is, you know, getting carved up by DeVito. I don't care if you turn the ball over ten times. That cat can't be strutting on a three-touchdown game on you. Like, yeah, that's got to, you know, that we know what he is. He's been, you know what I mean? It's not a guy coaching the team for the first time like Staley or Eberflus. Yeah, Harris needs to end that now. Good stuff, Jason. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Make sure to follow In the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The SpecQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will continue our conversation concerning Chiefs and Eagles, and we'll look at it from a futures standpoint. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And one of the things that we talked about a lot last week was the AFC wildcard race. And one of the big teams that certainly is squarely in the mix Got a win yesterday. The Cleveland Browns with Dorian Thompson Robinson. They knocked off the Pittsburgh Steelers 13 to 10. This had a low, low total of 33, 32 and a half. And certainly it went under. No sweat there if you took that angle. Uh, but Joe, what were your biggest takeaways about that game and about the Browns' chances going forward with that phenomenal defense? Yeah, the total 33 and a half, and it cruises by double digits to go under, well under. That was certainly fascinating. Uh, the Steelers' rushing offense was awesome. That's one thing. Warren should be the lead back over Najee. That's another thing. Uh, let's see. Pickett still sucks. What, they have 77 passing yards on the day against Cleveland. I know that's a tough matchup, but we've got to do better than 77 passing yards if you're backing them. And, of course, Cleveland. I made my case for Cleveland that I don't think they're dead just because of the Watson injury, and now you've you've got the Burrow injury in the mix. How's Mark Andrews going to impact uh, his abs- absence with the Ravens offense moving forward? There's a lot of different things going on. And then, of course, uh, Kenny Pickett. Uh, DTR is bad. That was not good. Now, that was another tough matchup. We were talking about uh, 3.8 yards per attempt. Cleveland's offense, only 3.5 yards per play. But that is exactly how phenomenal Cleveland's defense is. That's why I was on Cleveland with the number inside of a field goal, because they can win one of these, that they're not going to give up more than a touchdown. They didn't give up more than a touchdown, and that was one boom play by Jalen Warren. Awesome awesome play by him, but that was pretty much it all game long. So the offense is going to be a concern. I don't think they're locked into DTR moving forward just because they won that game. Does it mean he's automatically going to be the starter moving forward? No, I I don't buy into that at all. Uh, Another takeaway, Miles Garrett. Two sacks. So Watt had one. Garrett had two. Garrett has 13 sacks on the year. He's almost even money for Defensive Player of the Year. I'm wondering if that price gets shorter and shorter. He ends up going odds on, and he kind of runs away with it. I know Garrett and Watt are awesome. We all understand that. Uh, I I meant Parsons and Watt, but uh, Garrett does seem to be on a bit of a different level than the other two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the defense was phenomenal once again. I didn't think DTR was hashtag horrible of that final drive where he had those completions. I thought that was pretty good. It's just this Browns team just keeps finding ways to win. And maybe it is just as simple as they have a really good defense, but they do seem playoff bound. And Joe, you brought up the Mark Andrews injury to the Ravens. I think that's huge. It'll be interesting to see who wins this division. Should okay, yeah. so I'm sorry, Ed. I just just on on the Browns point, I just wanted to quickly follow up. We said last week that it's five guys for coach of the year. Mm-hmm. I know he's recently won, but everything they're dealing with. Should we be talking about Stefanski? 
you know, it, it's one of those things where I would like to. The name definitely popped up as you were talking. Like, wow, Stefanski really deserves a lot more credit than this. But I'm right. also curious, True. too, when you've got great coordinators who have dominated mm. their respective side of the ball, if that matters in the grand scheme of things. Like, the whole Kevin O'Connell argument. You know, the Vikings lost on Sunday night to the Broncos real quickly there. I thought that was a bad loss uh, and certainly impacts O'Connell as far as coach of the year goes. But a bigger issue to me is if you are dominating one side of the ball like the Browns have with their defense and you're dealing with, you know, professional journeyman quarterbacks or rookies who are having to do just enough to win, I wonder how much of that is, okay, you point to the coordinator like Jim Schwartz for the Browns and you go, all right, he's really the reason why the Browns are where they are because the defense is elite. How much of that is Stefanski? Certainly he's played a role and he's certainly helping the organization come together. Don't want to take anything away from him there. But when one side of the ball is oh so dominant and the other one is doing just enough to survive, I wonder if that's more of a knock when it comes to coach of the year compared with, say, mm. someone where every single phase is working very well. Like, I, I know I keep going back to this because coach of the year is more about, like, who's a surprise, but... Kyle Shanahan, I feel like, does deserve a good bit more credit because the defense is starting to play well again. We talk about Mike McDaniel a good bit. Well, if the Dolphins' defense is starting to step things up, should that take away from him? I don't think so. In fact, I think right. that's probably a good thing. I'd probably put a feather in his cap as far as that's concerned because, okay, one area is not going to be consistent every single week, but something else is, and so then the entire organization is in a good place. So yeah, that's probably yeah. why I would say no on Stefanski as far as that goes. But I, I think these coaches should get credit. Like McDaniel should get credit for bringing in Fangio. O'Connell should get credit for bringing in Flores. Same thing with mm -hmm. Cleveland. He should get credit for that. It's, it's an interesting angle. And don't forget about no, no Nick Chubb, too. His quarterback. <laughs> that's you. And his one, his elite receiver. <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone for the Vikings thing with O'Connell. I mean, <laughs> is it his fault that they had those turnovers and also the Broncos are really turning things around. I hope that's oh. just like a one game situation. No, that he tried to get his quarterback defense. killed. He, I thought he was <laughs> going to die multiple times. I thought he was going to die on the yeah. field last right. night. Like right. he was just running and argument. running. And run. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not putting a fork in. I, I think they can kind of hang around in this NFC North playoff race. He deserves to be division race. He deserves to be in, uh, in that conversation. But um, yeah, the Broncos defense is a lot. Come on, we gotta say it. We gotta say yeah. it, right? Right. Ed, admit it. You've been pushing Vance against Joseph. this for a month. This Broncos defense I, is much, much better. Okay. okay, it went from historically the worst we've no, ever seen in our lifetimes to legit. Well, no, I've loved him for a long time, but I don't, I'd still like a lot of this was just because of takeaways, right? Like that's kind of the stretch. Like when you look at like the numbers since this winning streak started, they haven't really done anything spectacular. Yeah, they've gone up against some good offenses and some bad ones too. But I'm I'm still not of the belief that what the Broncos are doing is sustainable. I think it's just they're they're being fortunate with takeaways. They're getting teams at just the right time. Russell Wilson is not a terrible quarterback. Uh, he was last year, but he was also coached horribly. And I look at this and go, all right, well, it's a cool story, 
If somehow they break into the playoffs, I will be shocked. But it would also point to just some insane luck that they got to enjoy. All right. I see the last six games, they have not given up more than 20, 22 points. I, mm-hmm. I think I, I, maybe. If you want, I don't know if it's all turnovers. I, the I rush defense is not good. I think there's room for improvement there uh, because I saw the Vikings rushing pretty well against them, and they face some pretty good offenses who can run the ball coming up. So that'll be a tough test for this. We'll see if they're legit after they play the Browns. And, <laughs> and, some and the Vikings teams. have not been good at running the football at all this year. Like that's They don't run the football. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. They it, had 175. They, they're resorting to Cam Akers now? Are you kidding me? Like, that's how desperate they are to just no, establish they... the run a good bit more? No, 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 no. Like, and the Broncos gave up as much as they did. Like, that's takeaways. That's why the Broncos are in this position. Now, look, that last drive, the throw to Cortland Sutton, fantastic. Very, very cool. But I I can't give the Broncos any flowers at this point. I just can't. I mean, oh, and on. it's not just they, because They of were, the like, all-time bad. People were saying the worst yeah. ever. Like, it's, okay, I understand. Not okay, I you want to see that. it against good – they're at least average, like middle of the league. You, you don't think right. they're middle of the league. That is a massive I, jump. League, it it a is massive a massive jump, jump from where they were. Yeah, It is, but like if you're middle of the league, you're not on a four-game winning streak. I guess that's my point is that the way that they're playing is not so exceptional to the point where they deserve to have all of these wins. I, I wouldn't go that far. I think they are okay. – I mean, we, we had this conversation about the Raiders before. Like, yeah, they've got a, a, an okay record, but they stink. I'm that way with Denver right now, and I'm probably more adamant about that with Denver just because I think some of the glaring weaknesses are going to come back to haunt them. And I would not be surprised if they fall back down to reality quickly. I just feel like we're stretching for excuses. Like, next week the excuse is going to be, oh, it's DTR. You're facing one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh well, you did it twice against the Chiefs, but they don't really run the ball. Oh, you did it against the Bills. That offense is broke. I feel like we're just constantly, I don't know. I, I would put them in the middle now, which is them jumping multiple tiers in season. And I think this is another example of a def- new defensive coordinator figuring things out, figuring out what changes he uh-huh. had to make, makes those adjustments, and then, the, then they're much better. By the way, okay, so awesome what's grab the- by Sutton last night. He was He's yeah. Been getting so what's the angle? Grabs lately. Are you backing them? Do you think they're live in the playoffs? Like this is kind of an elimination game this week. There's well, a week to, on a Browns, week, to, but it's Browns I, Broncos. I think there are week to week opportunities to back the the Broncos. You know, it, a matchup with Cleveland. Don't they kind of remind you? Mind uh, that that's what they want. They want to run the ball. They're going to control yeah. control the ball throughout the game. It's going to be low scoring. I'm looking at them on a week to week basis. I'm not saying that. Okay, playoffs, I don't know about all that. I don't – does it really matter? Um, I'm not sure. It's so bunched up at the bottom of that AFC. But I'm saying that they're a team that you can back, that we shouldn't just discard the defense and say, nope, defense still sucks, that you can't bet them. That's all I'm saying. No, and do we and give I would the agree with that. Absolutely. It's, yeah, I would completely agree with that idea that they're middle of the road. Like, there are individual talented players in that secondary. And the pass rush, I think, is fine in spurts. You know, they've certainly certainly showed me something against Dobbs there. But at the same time, like, I would not be surprised if things fall back down to reality. 
And and that's okay. the area where I am concerned is that the wild card in the AFC is just oh so congested. Do they have another step forward in them? Is there more room for growth? I think we saw the growth. I think it's done. Like, I think they're probably plateauing at best right now. They have a three-game road. They're going to be on a road for three straight weeks coming up. And against three Mm -hmm. pretty good offenses in Houston, uh, L.A. Chargers, Detroit Lions. Like, we're probably going to learn a lot on the road, Denver team. Like, we'll Mm -hmm. learn a lot about them there. Yeah, I and I just this. think they're getting lucky with having the Browns at home in this matchup because if right. that was in Cleveland, I would definitely be on the Brown side. And doesn't it feel like it, like Paul was under. saying in the chat, cool story, bro, <laughs> for the Broncos. Yeah. But if they did make the playoffs, like they're out immediately. They're not going anywhere this season. Somebody's going to make it over there. One of those teams around 500. Yeah, probably not the Raiders, probably not the Chargers. Like one of these teams is going to sneak in. <laughs> Maybe the cool Bills. Cool story, bro, for all yeah. those teams. <laughs> Could it be Buffalo? Bengals? I mean, that uh, the <laughs> Okay, Ooh. stop. No, no. What's the guy's name? <laughs> Browning? Browning. Just... This segment is yeah, over. Right. No. Um, <laughs> you got to pick one. Colts, come on. One of them's going to sneak Colts in. Colts crossed my mind. Is Minshew going to do this oh, December geez. thing again? Like, right. It's just so bunched down there. I mean, Jags or Texans, I think one of them is definitely, I won't say definitely, but between the Texans' schedule, I mean, the, could the, the Jags look like they figured it out? Could they possibly fall out, though? Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm penciling hey. those both in. Hey, you know what? We can stop doing the stupid Aaron Rodgers thing now, right? Because they lost a game. Thank it was you. a three straight loss. Thank Can you. we just stop it? This idiotic storyline that keeps popping up. So now they're going to Tim Boyle, and they're going to hang around and sneak in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers is going to come save the day in mid-December. Please stop it. It's not happening. It's over. Stop going to him for quotes. Nobody cares. You ready for Friday? <laughs> that makes me want to vomit. <laughs> What's Friday? <laughs> Dolphins-Jets. The Black Friday debut. Oh, special I, I keep forgetting game. there's a game Friday. Do you yeah, know yeah. how many advertisements I have heard for that game on TV, on podcasts, on radio? I'm losing my mind over this. And I love football. I watch as much as possible. But darn it, if I haven't been inundated by Black Friday <laughs> promos for this game, like... Who are these like bureaucratic warlords who are coming in and making sure that I know where I need to be on Black Friday? His name is Jeff Bezos. (laughs) They want to make sure you're not out shopping. Yeah, yeah, just shop uh, on Amazon, I we, guess. Yeah, we exactly. don't need to worry about me being out there at the mall shopping on Black Friday. I hate the mall. I hate it with a passion. Is now this a good idea? Get out of this it. Black get Friday dragged game? around. <laughs> if it was Rogers not... Tua, you would watch, and you'd be locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or would, or do you yeah. have family stuff? I don't know. You're a family guy. Like, is Black Friday a big day? I don't know. It's going against a bunch of college it's games a, too. It's a football day really in my household. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oregon, Oregon State's playing at that time. Wow, Oregon State Apple catching top. fourteen. <laughs> How about your beavers, Joe? Uh, I should have put this is that you It was wet out there for the beavers. We've been taking oh, our wow. football conversation, including uh, what to make of the Chiefs and Eagles what? going forward in the futures markets. Right That's right here on the BeckQL Network.
We'll be right back with BetQL Daily. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's start by talking a little college football and the big news of the weekend. Jordan Travis, Florida State quarterback, uh, left his game early with a leg injury. A really, really tough break for him and the Seminoles. And Joe, when it comes to how to bet on Florida State going forward, certainly the injury to the quarterback is massive. They are still six and a half point favorites against Louisville in the ACC championship game. You can get plus money on Florida State to make the playoff, but when you lose your starting quarterback, maybe you can get by with a game. But if you don't, that certainly impacts your playoff chances. Not to mention, maybe the committee will look at this and say there are more deserving teams that will play better in the playoff because they have their starting quarterback. So as a better, what are you to do with Florida State? I think definitely. I think they're. I think they're out. They're out. The committee is going to take them out. Whether it's the right thing, wrong thing, are you hurting all the other players? Um, but we've seen this in the past, and you do have to look at that. I mean, you can't just put them in and say, "Oh well, look at what you did." But what they did was with a different quarterback, the most important position in sports. I think Florida State is done. Um, the title odds, it dropped all the way to 33-1 to 1 over at BetMGM, and that makes perfect sense. Two, four, six. Let me see. Their eighth favorite, so we got seven teams in front of the. I don't think there's any way they make the playoffs. What do you think, Aaron? Hmm. I don't think so either. I, I don't even know what the case would be. I guess it would have to be like a miraculous story. But uh, personally, I hope this opens things up for a Pac-12 team now. And I certainly yeah. think Washington should be in the conversation now. Don't you? Till they lose. Like, I just thought they're... Until they lose to Oregon. <laughs> it's going to be Oregon, right? No, you're right about yeah, the I, Pac-12 part. Like, the idea is it's probably going to be... Oregon. That's what Washington all the numbers Oregon. have been saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like but that's why Bo Nix has been higher in the Heisman. That's why there have been shorter odds for Oregon to win the title but because the expectation they have a loss. So what will the right. committee do? Right, but look at that that loss. I think they'll put Oregon in. I they want it here. Here's the other thing. Before this injury, they wanted to knock Florida State out. They did, mm-hmm. and they just had them barely hanging on. Now they have a reason to knock them out. So I, I think they're going to take that chance tomorrow night. It, it is insanely controversial to me that if Florida State does run the table, they're, what, six-and-a-half-point favorites against Florida. I still think they win that game. I'm not too concerned about that. And then with Louisville, okay. I, I almost consider them almost fraudulent in a way as far as them being mm-hmm. a top-ten team. I mean, you look at the rankings, slight digression here, but you look at the rankings, like Alabama's eight, Louisville is nine. 
doesn't it seem like there should be a much wider gap between these two football teams? Like one could very well win the national championship and Louisville somehow is ranked right next to them. Something about that just seems off to me. And Florida State gets to face them and there's six and a half point favorites there. And it's something where I think Florida State can win these last two games, but because Jordan Travis isn't a part of the mix, the committee might very well take Florida State out. And I mean, that's going to make the committee look really, really bad to me because at some point resume does have to matter. It's not everything. You do have to forecast a little bit. That's part of the exercise, but Mm -hmm. I'm kind of with you guys that they're going to find a way to keep the Knolls out and it's going to hurt college football. Maybe you get an escape because you move to 12 teams next year and you go, okay, well, we're not going to have this problem anymore, but guess what? Just because you have 12 teams doesn't mean that you're not going to face a similar predicament because team ranked number 12 loses starting quarterback. It could still very well happen again. So maybe Uh that's the way they'll buffer the controversy. But this is the galaxy brain that I'm having to use, Joe, in terms of just trying to figure out what to do with Florida State. I think the, the short answer as far as betting on them, I will back them as far as sides go. But I can't bet on them making the playoff, despite the fact that they can win these last two games comfortably. People are going to be really mad if they run the table. Mm -hmm. And we're not asking title game, even. We're asking top four. Next year, you're right. It will not be a discussion. It's another thing that we would possibly lose next year. Um, Aaron mentioned opening the door to a Pac-12 team, and I think she's correct. Let me ask you this. If they're dead set on keeping the Knowles out now, does it open the door for both Ohio State and Michigan again? <laughs> Man, the was Michigan the door not already open for them? It was, and now here's point. their excuse. Right. Right. Is it also something where, okay, let's say Ohio State wins, pulls off the upset. Does mm-hmm. that give the comedian an excuse to keep Michigan out because of all of these improprieties? Do they want to deal with all of the flack that Michigan is putting college football through rightly or wrongly. If you think it's, you know, overblown or whatever, it doesn't matter. We're talking about it. So if Michigan loses, is that something where it's a completely different conversation? I get it, but maybe it's something where, okay, if Michigan wins this and Ohio state still did very well, maybe it does open the door for that. Like as much as I believed throughout much of the season that the PAC 12 still has an opening, I also feel like they want to err on the side of having maybe two teams from the Big Ten or two teams from the SEC. If Alabama wins out, what do you do with Georgia? Like, there might be bigger issues to huh. deal with instead of this one Florida State thing. Yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, is Texas mm-hmm. done? Do they, is there no path for Texas? I don't think so. Okay. I don't either. They're ranked higher than Alabama. That's why I'm asking. But yeah, what Alabama would have to do to run the table, they would obviously leapfrog mm-hmm. them. And yeah. And it was a close loss against Oklahoma. But yeah. Oklahoma's not good enough for, but, for this. Yeah. But but Oklahoma, like they've looked more vulnerable. So if you're dealing with these strength of schedule mm-hmm. metrics, like even Texas beating Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, I don't think it matters that much anymore. Like, you know, having to figure out, like, how much that helps you uh, in terms of raw rankings, I think Texas is in a bad spot. And all these other teams that we're talking about, they have the potential for a great win. And I think that will be enough to surpass whatever Texas does the remainder of the year. 
Yep. It's interesting, though, that Texas has shorter odds than Alabama. Mm-hmm. Because Texas has shorter odds to higher. To make the yeah. college, uh, college, yeah. The Georgia game is is tough. That's that to me is kind of the the deal breaker to me. You know, you have to win that game, and that's easier said than done. How about we move on now uh, to Monday Night Football? Uh, getting back to our conversation pertaining to the Eagles and the Chiefs. Uh, lots of people are betting on Travis Kelsey to score an anytime touchdown uh, per bet MGM. Uh, first touchdown is plus 550 if that's what you want to do. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, is expected to go over four and a half rushing attempts at minus 105. That's being bet upon a good bit. Uh, also expected to go under is 283 and a half passing yards. And I'm curious when it comes to the MVP, MVP race between Hurts and Mahomes, that because this is a primetime game and a lot of eyeballs will be on it, if Mahomes has a not-so-stellar performance, how much that can hurt his MVP chances. What do you think, Joe? Oh, I think it's going to be big. Uh, you look right now, Hurts and Mahomes, co-favorites for the MVP at 3-1 to one over at Batum GM. So the winner of this game is going to be your favorite. We'll be talking about the favorite tomorrow morning. And how much does the loser drop off? Will the loser fall behind Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson's four to one, right? Will the three to one loser of tonight's game fall below Lamar? Depends. Depends. If it's Hurts and he throws up a complete dud in this, you know, this hyped up game, I think he could fall below Lamar. If it's Mahomes on the losing end, if he does not look like Mahomes, I do not think he would fall below Lamar because he's still Mahomes, and that would invite a ton of people to just bet on Mahomes to win the MVP. So it's going to be fascinating what happens. Um, I've got to be honest, even though they have an 8-1 and one record, and I would not be shocked in the least if the Eagles win tonight. I've never felt this year that Hurts was – at the very top of the MVP race. But here we sit going into this game tonight, and Hertz is atop, uh, atop the leaderboard. I mean, the atop of the odds board, I should say, as far as that goes. I've just never had that feeling like I did um, most of last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the second half. I think if Hertz, he's going to have to do it himself with his legs and through the air and just impress everybody tonight. Uh, to be the favorite and if they win that game that's kind of how I see it going and then it's kind of lining up for Mahomes you know like Joe you were mentioning how they're dead last in DVOA against tight ends and they're also bad against defensively against number one and number two wide receivers so doesn't that Mm -hmm. line up to mean Mahomes (laughs) is going to be doing something through the air and he's going to shine could. I think so. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And when it comes to that MVP race, if we're only talking about the three guys mentioned uh, and Lamar Jackson and Hertz and Mahomes, the only one who I think we can guarantee should be healthy the rest of the year is Pat Mahomes. Like, I wonder if he loses this game, if there's still a path for Mahomes to win MVP. I think the answer is yes. Because yeah. let's say Hertz goes nuts, wins this game. Are we sure he's going to stay healthy the rest of the year? Like, we're already questioning his health in the here and the now. Lamar Jackson, right. he missed some time on Thursday. And this tends to happen to him every single year where over the course of the season, he gets beaten up a little bit here, a little bit there. The injuries start to add up. And then ultimately, we're going to see Tyler Huntley. 
that, yeah, Mahomes <laughs> has missed time in his career, but I think he probably looks the healthiest of all three guys, and he's probably in the best position of all three. So if you're going to go into the MVP race and you're only going to look at those three, I'd probably take Mahomes right now, Joe. What do you think? Uh, man, if I have to, I, I let me be clear. I would never bet one of those three. I've never bet with this much football left, a number that short. Mm-hmm. But yeah, prob- yeah, I would just say Mahomes, especially Lamar Jackson without Mark Andrews, too. Now, maybe That's that helps huge. them in the minds of voters, but big move on Dak down to 18 to 1 at BetMGM. That is massive. And the CJ Stroud business, he's a sixth favorite for MVP. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Way to go. Do a little bit more against the Cardinals before I take you seriously. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will look ahead to Week 12 and Thanksgiving games right here on the BetQL Network.